That's the sound of the victorious playoff horn because every playoff, moment, baby. every moment Ow. of the Clippers playoffs is a celebration. So many teams. Oh boy, is it ever! Didn't make it. We're not one of them. We're still here, Clippers Nation. No, we're in there. You you might say, or even rap. We in the postseason. We, we in, in the postseason. Post we, we brag and boast and toast. toast. We, we got, got the most reasons. reasons. And if you don't root for the Clips and you a ghost, is treason. It's treason. And all them haters uh, loving Lakers. Yeah, man, we just in. love and leave them. Yeah, we're in. I'm oh, Chris you said Lakers. Kawild. You said Lakers. You said Lakers. I'm Chris Kawild. Now, the L word, if you will, and I will and I do often, are not in the playoffs. He's Burbank Hank. He's in the playoffs. Ooh. The L word's in the play Hey-o. in. The play in. Man, you playing. Ooh, no, I'm wee. not playing. Uh, we're in the Ooh, playoffs. Play in. We have a week off before we face. Are you see? Are you seated? Are you sitting down? We got a lot to talk about. Where? Oh my gosh! I, it's deja I vu all over again. Oh, I mean, I know. I actually, do know where I'd like to begin. Just as a quick aside, <laughs> is this whole play-in thing, yeah. which is really great for oh, great. everybody except teams that are seated seven and eight. For everybody else, the play-in grade is amazing. It's great for the fans, yeah, yeah. unless you're a fan of the teams that are seated seven and eight. Yeah. Then it's a bummer. I mean, we don't. We'll never know. We we'll don't have to worry know. about it. We'll never know. We'll never know. Apparently, it's here to stay, from what I'm seeing everywhere. And I don't have the standings in front of me because it just doesn't matter because we're four, so we don't even have to know about the play-in. But I'm pretty sure the way it all shook down is that the Golden State Warriors were eight. And I believe the Memphis Grizzled Grizzlies were nine with the exact same record. So it would have gone down to some BS tiebreaker nonsense. And now with the play-in, it doesn't. And there was no, like, wonky 11th seed that got shafted. You know, the top 10 teams made it. <laughs> we don't – I'm just saying this with so much – with, like, the Cataway the Canary because we're not in the yeah. play-in. We get a week. Yeah. We get a week off before the playoffs. And and to be fair, all our guys have already been resting, as we know, as we were team tank deep. So let's talk about that, Hank. I'm I'm team. Yeah. Well, let's Hank, talk. Wait, wait, wait a second. Know. Wait a second. Let <laughs> Let's talk about our healthy team. Yeah. Because the, a nice take a nice takeaway from the final game, which I I have very little opinion about, because frankly, I'm really confused. Sure. About what the heck the Clippers have been doing, what their plan was, right. not coaching. We'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh-huh. We're gonna get there. Uh-huh. But boy, did Serge Ibaka look nice. Oh yeah, he looked boy, great. Boy, did Serge Ibaka look nice. Holy wow. Yeah, he looked That's great. That's a relief, right? He looked great. Yeah. So yeah, in a loss, but still, he looks so nice. And Pat Beverly's back and looking super healthy. We've got a I lot like as well of topics to cover. The oh playoff gosh, so preview. Many. We're going to definitely dive into the play-in. I think that's last because it has nothing to do with the Clippers. But we're definitely going to talk about the playoffs in our first-round matchup. Once again, it's the Mavs versus our Clippers. And the NBA has a way of just happening in twos and threes. I remember Oh, what do you was, mean? Well, it was back-to-back Spurs-Cavs finals, back-to-back years. And then it was back-to-back-to-back Warriors-Cavs finals excuse me spurs heat finals pardon me wrong lebron bounces around from team to team i i can't keep up but anyway there's a certain remember when the clippers first got into the playoffs it was versus memphis in the first round and then next year it was versus memphis in the first round so we see that symmetry in the nba often and here we are again also they shoot they also shoot two-point shots and three-point shots yes they do it works in twos and threes so- Comedy works in threes. So that joke was great. It was two-thirds of the way there. So how do you, Burbank Hank, because as you know, I'm Team Hank, how did you feel about Team Tank? Clearly the Clippers, I'm going to tell you my, I'm going to tell you my take on it after I hear your Team Tank, Burbank Hank take. I have a lot of opinion. I don't know if you know this about me. In general, as a rule, I have a lot of opinion. You're opinionated. I will tell you. I will tell you that I am a an, a believer in momentum, mm. and I don't like losing on purpose for any purpose. Mm. I just don't like it. Uh, I'm not a su- I'm not a superstitious guy. Oh. Um, but I do believe in patterns, and I don't really love the idea 
Here's what, here's what I'll say. Mm. Rather than talk about what I don't like, I'll tell you what I might have preferred. Okay. I would have pref- I would have preferred to be saying, "Wow, the Clippers were playing red hot coming into the playoffs and then whatever the result was versus they tanked a couple of games because they felt super confident and they wanted to line themselves up in the right place in the postseason and then it didn't go their way in the playoffs." I'm being very careful to manage my words because I never want to say the other L word with reference to the Clippers in the playoffs. I will never do that. Oh, I I guess I am superstitious. Mm, I'm realizing right now I'm superstitious. Are you holding a voodoo doll right now while you're saying this? Actors and baseball players, man. Actors and baseball players. But I guess guess I'm having a really hard time unpacking it, and I have been since the game versus the Thunder. Right. And it's not just because Pat Patterson played 42 minutes. I guess that's not going to continue. But I'm I'm frankly – just confused as to what we were trying to accomplish by tanking those two games because they just literally didn't seem to be coaching out of timeouts. They just literally didn't seem to be trying to win that game. We've seen our lower in the roster guys win games against better teams. So I know that was on purpose. And so what was the purpose? Well, what was the reason? Like, is it because we're that scared of a hobbled? No. I don't. I. I truly. Lakers team. I truly like, don't believe we, that I, was the reason. I truly tell don't. me your theory because because I could. I. I will probably spend the next forty minutes of this podcast throwing out was it this that are wrong. So please tell me your theory because I'm flummoxed. I frankly. have slept on it. I have done due diligence. I have dove down the Clipper Nation rabbit hole. I have tried to study up on everyone in the know. And my takeaway is this, and I've listened also to Coach Ty Lue's post- and pre-game press conferences for the last three games. And my takeaway from listening to everything he said with a fine-toothed comb is this. It was a very deliberate decision for the Clippers to rest all of their guys. They saw that they were locked in at the three or the four, And it was very obvious that they did not care which one they got. I truly don't believe this was all to avoid the inevitable L-word beating Steph Curry in a one-game play-in that could easily go Steph's way, right? And then all of a sudden, okay, so hypothetically, they... The L word does advance because that's everyone's theory is this was to avoid the L word. I I don't think that's what it was. I don't. I don't think that's what it was either, but it couldn't possibly have been that they were tanking to play the Mavs, could it? So, like, here's the deal. They were not – they were tanking. They were team tank in essence to make sure that everyone had gas in the tank going into the playoffs. I, right, that's not tanking. That's not – and I don't, I don't think – like, if Ty Lue really wanted to win even one of those last two losses, he absolutely could have. So, look, the Clipper staff clearly was okay with the four seed, and some would argue that they were gunning for the four seed. And my theory is that they were – they said, we have to beat the Jazz, the best team in the NBA, to get – to the Western Conference Finals or to get to the NBA Finals. So it's either going to happen in round two or it's going to happen in round three. I am here to tell you that if the L word somehow gets past Steph Curry, who's playing out of his mind, they're not a shoe in yeah. to beat the Phoenix Suns. It's actually going to be a real slobber knocker is my bet. And then it's going to be... Wait. Denver... Uh, it's the Then it's going to be Denver Nuggets problem, right? If... The L word yeah. gets past the Warriors. That being said, if the L word loses to the Warriors and then the L word beats Memphis or San Antonio, which is very likely, okay, then it's Utah's problem, not the Clippers' problem. But again, these are all second round problems. I think the staff said, here's the deal we're going to play the Blazers or the Mavericks. We feel really confident against both of those teams. The second round opponent is going to be a phenomenal team, whether it's the Asterix champs, whether it's the number one seed Utah Jazz, or whether it's the Phoenix Suns number two. So whoever is in round two, champs one or two seed, is going to be super duper tough. Let's just focus on being as healthy as possible in that first round to guarantee we get 
to the second round and are ready to go and firing on all pistons. So the 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 numbers guy in me said, "Oh, come on. We're 3 and 0 versus the Blazers. We're 2 and 1 versus the Suns. Say the L word does get past Steph, we're 3 and 0 versus them. Add that all together, that is an 8 and 1 path to the Western Conference Finals versus two of those three opponents. So that's the road I wanted because I've sung so long that the three seed can win and one and two always wins and the four seed has only done it once when it was like the legacy Celtics. So that's what I've said. But the staff doesn't give a damn what I have to say. And they clearly were team tank to keep as much gas in the tank as possible, Hank. That's my takeaway from all the studying that I've done. Well, I, I honestly, it makes as much sense as any other theory. I mean, there were, I, it, it was, that's a really good point. It doesn't really matter because in the second round, we're going to play one of these bananas, amazing teams. Yeah. Uh, and then in the third I round, mean, it's going to get I, even frank, tougher. Frankly, Mavs or Blazers, I like us and I like us in a short amount of games. Yes. Uh, and what I found kind of what I found kind of weird was the idea. Yeah. All right. OK, I'm buying this. This is making me feel a little bit better because it didn't make any sense. And I didn't really want us trying since it didn't. None of these none of these moves made sense for who we'd play in the first round. My fear was that these moves were being made based on lining up the right second-round opponent, which I do not like. I do not like getting ahead of ourselves. I do not like looking past the first round. I want us to focus on the first round. That's literally what that would be, is making sure we're healthy enough to win decisively and in short order in the first round so we're not gassed against these great teams. And on one, I guess on one hand... You could argue that it's not that exciting to go against the Mavericks because we've had some tough experiences against them. Oh, sure. Right? We've had some tough experience against them this season, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, I still have PTSD. Also, I still have PTSD. I was oh at that game. Gosh. I was at that game. Oof. Blech. Oof. I have to tell you, I got two small kids, yeah. and that was a day where really my wife set me up to like go back in the guest house, put my feet up, drink a beer or two, watch the game. Uh, and like 20 minutes in, I just went, this, what a waste of like a gift from my wife <laughs> to have just a little me time to watch this game. It was, a it was worst really one. frustrating. It was the worst uh, one to watch the entire thing of. It was the worst one. I didn't watch lot. the entire thing. I couldn't. Uh, I literally you, you couldn't, couldn't have. finish watching it. And my daughter came in like around halftime you and was like, are we going to watch? Can we watch the rest of the Clippers game? Daddy? Daddy? Why are you crying, Daddy? You're like, hold me. Hold me, baby girl, and put your Barbie show on. Uh, but I would like to, you know, looking on the bright side, you know that's my brand. Um, yes. I certainly would like to see us. I'd like to see us shake off some of the, some of that bad stuff we've got versus the Mavericks. I'd like us to get in there and win. And I don't know. We're going to see how it goes. There's some big questions for the playoffs. I mean, look, here's the deal, Hank. We are one and two versus the Mavericks. You can... Take that Sunday afternoon anomaly out of the equation, hopefully. But we're going to find out next week when the playoffs start if that was an anomaly, if that was just a fluke, or if we really do match up horribly against them. Everything I'm reading is that they're actually worse this season than they were last season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're They're not a terrible matchup for us. They're not a terrible matchup for us. I just worry... When you play a team that's really given it to you, I always worry that a team can go to the mindset of they're doing it again. I think it's learn. I think it's muscle memory for players. We watched it happen in the bubble last year. We watched the exact same script play out three times, and on the third one, I was thinking, these play like, I bet you that when we had that fifteen point lead, I bet you that the Clippers players were thinking, the second they started, second it was a single digit lead, I just bet you anything they were like, oh no, they're doing it again. So when, when you have a history, when something happens like that, it's not just one game. It's also these are the guys that did it to you. So the important thing is going to be come out, you know, firing on all pistons again, since apparently this is piston cast, not clipper cast. <laughs> oh, how do you uh, feel about it? You seem pretty pissed about it. And get, <laughs> uh, But apparently this will be their chance, right? This will be their chance to shake it off. So what better team to play first? I don't think they were ducking – the Lakers. I, agree. I really don't. I, I feel also that way. agree. I feel because, like we match up great against them, and, yeah. and frankly, it sure doesn't look like LeBron James 
is fully healthy. Now, he likes to set up, like, in the same way. It's called so, the narrative, Jordan, Hank. It's called the narrative. Yeah, and and my, Michael Jordan's narrative was always, people are out to get me, and I'm going to show them. He had a chip on his shoulder. They're saying things about me. I think LeBron James is talking about, I don't know if you saw in the news today, LeBron James is talking about Steph Curry for MVP. Right. Right? Yes. Well, how, interest, how interesting that that was his pick for MVP. I can almost guarantee you if the Suns and the Lakers were playing in the play-in game, he'd be saying, Chris I think Paul. Chris Paul should be MVP. Yep. It's so transparent that he's trying to set himself up as the underdog. But truthfully, they are not well. No. They are not well. Schroeder, no. Schroeder is, I mean, I don't know if he's cleared yet, you know, for health and safety protocols. Sure. But they they got a lot of pieces that don't always fit right, and a lot of dudes who can suddenly be okay but mostly be terrible. Like Kyle Kuzma, like he can just go zero for sixteen with no problem in a game. <laughs> it's going to be truly <laughs> fascinating because they are easily, and it's not even a contest. My two least favorite teams in the NBA by leaps and bounds. And going in, I'm assuming that I will wholeheartedly and full-throatedly be rooting for blech, stupid blech, northern blech, yeah, California yeah, wearing a Patagonia. You're going to go for the you're going to go for the Warriors, sure. You're going to root for the Warriors. I uh, I just I'm think not feel you good cannot about ever you cannot count out any team that has Anthony Davis. You really can't. And and if they get Schroeder back in there, Marcus Saul is a wily veteran <laughs> who's got great experience in this league and is healthy. Yeah. I don't know, man. They they could make some noise. They could beat Golden State. If Steph Curry's not hot, they could beat Golden State. With Pretty no sure once Andre Drummond joined the team, they're a bunch of jerks and they stink and they can't win. That's that's Whoa, what I, you don't you don't like Andre Drummond? At. I, the guys, you don't like Drummond? The guy's a, clearly a poison. He he, can't, his, he went to the champion team, supposedly, and then they, they've they been a losing team ever since he joined. Not a coincidence. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it could, actually literally could be. It could actually literally be a coincidence. But there is a very <laughs> real situation where they lose versus the Warriors. And then San Antonio excellently coached Popovich's Spurs or young and scrappy and come out of nowhere backs on the, against the wall Memphis Grizzlies have momentum. Whoever won whoever wins that game has the momentum. Whoever lost that game is a bunch of losers coming in and and having that cross to bear. I cannot wait for the NBA play-in. It starts with the East Coast tomorrow, or depending on when you're listening tonight. I will be. I guess. What really? Yes. It's, what? It starts that soon? Is this the week? I thought it was next week. No, the play-in is happening on Tuesday. East Coast play-in Tuesday. West Coast play-in Wednesday. This month? Today. This month? Today, partner. This year? Oh, stop. 2021? No, not then. <laughs> not that soon. It's sooner. Oh gosh, I'm it's excited. Sooner. I mean, I I have to tell you, I have always been very like I've always enjoyed. I'm not a, you know that I love go to baseball games. I'm not a huge baseball fan. I just don't track the sport. It's not that I'm not a fan of it, that I don't like it, but I just don't really track well, it. I have NBA enough sports guy. in my you're life. I'm an NBA guy. I'm an NBA guy, but I've always been so jealous of any sport that has wild card anything. <laughs> and the NBA you know never what I mean? had it. I've always yeah. been never had it. It's never. so fun. It's so fun. I'm very excited. And I like Ooh. everyone being upset about it and having their own take and being right or being wrong. I love it. I love that it's malleable. I, I like that it's fluid. Like, this could be the new normal, or maybe they evolve it to something else. But I, I'm I'm loving it. Now, again, we've said this before. The reason we love it is we're not in it, and it just gives us more rest. And I'm just going to double down on my point. I'm telling you, it was Team Tank to keep gas in the tank, and it was not to avoid a potential hypothetical round two that's insane and Ty Lue knows right, so exactly why, what he's doing so then why were why were they not setting up plays out coming out of timeouts and because I don't know, how do you like set up to... a play for Oturu scrub feral <laughs> you know what I mean like how do you but yeah Pat Patterson Pat Patterson played 42 minutes yeah but Pat Patterson would like I don't know if you saw this on TV but during timeouts he'd put his hands over his ears and go, nah, 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 nah. So he couldn't hear any of the coaching. <laughs> but, I mean, Zubats played for, like, oh, like a that. few seconds. Like, literally seconds. And, and we didn't even talk about the fact that Zubats, the the last made basket of Ivica Zubats' regular season, was a three 
for Zoo. Bingo. Amazing. Oh, it was so great. Amazing. Uh, that is going to be I a like real it. weapon in his arsenal. Maybe not next season, but certainly the season after that. And I want to tell you this, Hank. Speaking of Zubots, it's such a wonderful change of pace for our center and our backup center to be great free throw shooters, not just good free throw shooters. Oh, yeah. But to be great free throw yeah. shooters. We saw Montrez Harrell Agreed. get in his head and just shank half of his free throws or miss like five in a row in crucial moments and then make five in a row. But like he was a nightmare from the free throw line. Obviously, DeAndre Jordan, they had the hackadige. He was horrible from the free throw line, but Zubots and Serge Ibaka are the real deal. And then obviously our backup backup center. Well, now it's Boogie and he's the real deal from the free throw line. And get this, Hank, are you ready for this? We have come a long way. I don't baby. know if I am. I don't know if I am. The Los Angeles Clippers in the 2020-2021 season were your greatest free throw percentage shooting team in the history of the NBA. I'm sorry. I would. I'm. Uh, You're losing your mind. <laughs> I. I want you to. I think I have to have you. Re- I think you have to repeat that. What? The Los Angeles Clippers in this past regular season that just ended for us just hours ago last night by hitting well over 80% of their free throws, closing in on 90. It was like, I don't know what it was off the top of my head, but it was in the 80s as a team. It is the greatest free throw shooting percentage team season in league history, sir. Whoa. Yeah. We've come a long, long way. A long, long way. I like that. And hopefully Paul George, you know, can get to the foul line a little bit more. Well, that's the thing. You know? That is the one hiccup is that we didn't get to the free throw line very often. But when we did get there, we made more than literally anybody in history. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I know you love that stat. Now, let's talk about Paul George. You brought him up. He had a historic, horrible round one versus Dallas. He found it. Later in the series, but everyone really put him on blast. And then he delighted in round two. There is no possible way that Paul George plays even a fraction of as poorly as he did in round one in the bubble. He is playing far better this entire season. He's in his own bed. He's with his own loved ones. There's just... Paul George is going to be the guy who gets us there in four or five versus Dallas. And then to really expand upon it, we don't have Montrez Harrell. We don't have we don't have Montrez Harrell, first of all. It was absolute yeah, garbage. Period. He was absolute That's the end of the garbage. Zubots is exponentially better this season. Obviously, Serge Ibaka is a massive upgrade from Montrez Harrell. Obviously, Rajon Rondo is a massive upgrade from Lemon Pepper Wings Lou, who had one good game in that round one where he could have won it. Instead, he missed, I believe, a free throw. And literally, Dallas wins in OT. So I'm telling you, this team is much better. We're better coached. We're more ready for Dallas. We're definitely beating them. In less than six. Last year it was in six with Doc Rivers, Montrez Harrell, and Lemon Pepper chip Chicken Wings. No Rondo. I'm telling you, we are beating these guys in four or five. I can't wait for it. I feel the same way. I mean, I'm I'm looking for Paul George coming out of that short, short shooting slump he was in. But if you go back to the last game he really played versus the Hornets, yes. keep in mind it's the it's the Hornets who were barely <laughs> 500 at home. Uh but nonetheless, nonetheless, he went seven of nineteen from you know from the field. You know he had he got twenty points and maybe maybe even better in this shooting. I don't even want to call it a slump. It hasn't been that many games. Uh, he also double doubled that night. He Absolutely. also got ten rebounds. Yeah, everybody played great uh, so in that Charlotte win, our last win of the regular season. Really yeah. great, really great, including great team ball. Uh, Reggie Reg, Reggie Jackson, who is you know when we're t- when we are talking about differences. From last postseason, which let's let's really keep in mind whenever we're whenever we're kicking, you know, Montrez Harrell or any other guy like the, the world was burning and yes. falling apart. And it wasn't just falling apart because of the pandemic. There were massive racial tensions and injustices sure. and protests and sure. players trying to decide if they should even play, if it was even right for them to play in the league with everything that was going on. Yeah. 
But but even given that, like this is not Reggie Jackson from last season. No. And like, also I didn't know this Reggie Jackson. No. I was not aware of this well, Reggie he didn't Jackson. Have the, he didn't have the goggles, Hank. I mean, come on, man. The goggles changed him. You know, you, you're all about it. The goggles. You're all about it. I mean, he had he had 19 points in that last game. Oh, he's beautiful. Him and Paul George both had the best plus minus of the entire team, both at plus 17. Uh, and he just he's looking so incredible. So you throw Reggie Jackson into the mix. Yes. You throw Rajon Rondo into the mix. Yes. Who, by the way, was perfect from three in that game. Oh, three yeah. for three. Woohoo, bro. Uh, and also who Brilliant. and also who Pat. I mean, really nice. Uh, we, <laughs> really and, and I don't know nice. if you know this. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. I don't know. But it. a lot of things happen in the NBA in twos and threes. That's something oh, I've God. realized. Here we go back to this. <laughs> and here's another thing. So look, back to this. You started it. Yes, and I'm going like, to finish but, you know, we, it two like, or three times. Look, like, let's keep looking at the differences. Like, these are the differences we had from last season to this season. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what the actual squad is. But if you I'll tell you the squad. If you'd like, about... to, if you'd like to know, I'll tell you exactly who the squad is. And do, I think do, we has saw it been it announced. Charlotte. Do we know who it is? Well, yes, kind of. So, okay, the press has been really digging Ty Lue, and it sounds like that the starting five will be Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Marcus Morris Sr., and the big man Evicha Zubats will be your starting center. Then coming off Ooh, the okay. bench, coming off the bench, Rajon Rondo, Serge Ibaka, yeah. Reggie Jackson. <sighs> yeah. And they the, basically Nick Batum? and Nicholas Batum. Those nine and then, guys. And when those four bench guys, when those four bench guys come in, either Kawhi or Paul George will always be playing with them is what I'm hearing from coach oh, himself. Heck. And then those are the nine guys that he's rolling with. Obviously in the back pocket are just sitting, waiting and salivating Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann and DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. So we've got you a think Kinn- dirty You think Kennard dozen. makes it? I don't. You think Kennard makes the roster? <laughs> well, it's not that no, he doesn't make the so roster, either. but like they're not going to get big minutes, but Ty Lu, you really have to tip your cap, and I want to really expand upon this, Hank, because last season Reggie Jackson came in at the trade deadline. Mook Morris came in at the trade deadline. Mook overexceeded. Reggie would arguably underexceed, and they were under Doc Rivers' Clippers, and Doc was really stubborn and set in stone in his ways about his rotations. He was like an open book. Now Reggie's got an entire season with Ty Lue. Mook Morris has an entire season. These guys are now well-tenured Clippers at this point, entrenched in Ty Lue's rotations. But Ty Lue is the guy who all season long will literally, all right, Luke, you're in. Out of nowhere, put him in in the third quarter, and all of a sudden he goes perfect versus Atlanta. And Ty Lue has been setting this stage all season long of resting man resting Kennard, resting Cousins to a lesser extent, resting Reggie Jackson, and literally sitting them for DNPs, DNPs for game after game after game, and then boom, just add water, Pat Patterson style, go in and just score. And it's worked more than it hasn't. So I think Ty Lue's got some tricks up his sleeves. He is saying publicly, here's my nine that I'm rolling with. That nine that I mentioned, the starting five with the Vicha Zubats at the center, and then obviously Serge, Reggie, Rondo, and Batum. But that's what he's saying publicly. That's the nine that he's got. But he's got that dirty dozen of Mann and Kennard and Boogie waiting. Lucky number 13, just to add water, Pat Patterson, waiting in the wings. Will he use them? We're going to find out. So I, I just think this team is so much more equipped, so deeper. Right now we're healthy. Everybody's available right now. Now, so here we go, Clipper Nation. It's playoffs, baby. Yeah, man, and I and I actually think you you touched on something. Maybe the biggest addition we've made to our team is not really an addition at all. It's Teron Lou. We know we play the guy who controls the whole tempo of the game. You know, in Luca, um, about scoring, rebounding, passing, making his teammates better. So um, we know he's the head of the snake. It's going to be a tough challenge. Um, but we have to give him different looks. You know, we can't let him be comfortable. Um, you know. Just keep mixing up throughout the course of the game, blitzing him a little bit, firing on him a little bit, you know, switching a little bit. So uh, we want to keep him on balance as much as possible, you know. Um, 
Uh, we know Brzezinski is back. You know, he's healthy. So he poses a problem, you know, especially being 7'1", 7'2", be able to shoot the ball the way he does. Also be able to post up, you know, roll, pop. Um, so they do a lot of different things. You know, of course, you know, Rick, Rick Carlisle is a Hall of Fame coach um, who, who's also a great coach. I mean, who also um, is big for that team as well. So um, we know, you know, we have our hands full. We know they're a good team. Uh, they've been playing great this year. So um, it's going to be a good challenge for us. Oh, I sure. mean, honestly, he may be, he may be the biggest difference that we may see. I think we've we've every Clippers fan has talked about the fact that we just did not make adjustments. We just did not make adjustments in that final series last year in the postseason. Uh, and and I I like Tyloo to do that. The fact that he's willing to straight up tell a player you're not playing right now, you're getting benched, and we'll see what happens, and thanks, and stick around, and all that is it tells us something. Right. It tells us something about his willingness to make big changes uh, to make it work. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're the teams we're playing that were great last year, a lot of them are better this year. You know, they've been playing together longer. They're just as great. Utah is just as good as they as they were last year, if not better. Certainly, yeah, better. Um, somehow, better. Denver, Phoenix, Denver better. suffered a me- – be- oh, better. Way better. Better, better, better. Um, so we're going to have to see. I'm not thrilled at our inconsistency – but I do think a lot of our inconsistency, inconsistency had to do with injury. Right. And so, you know, I, we're going to see how it goes down. I'm very excited. I'm right, very, so very, very excited about it. Round one, as we know, is Los Angeles Clippers, our guys. And we know all about those guys, okay? We know about those guys. And here we are, round one, Los Angeles Clippers. We know this team in and out, and so do you, the listener. But the listener may not know about our opponent, the Dallas Mavericks. Now, this is a great part of the show because Burbank Hank has done his due diligence. He drove the family to Dallas. He quarantined in Dallas for two weeks, <laughs> studied sure. under the tutelage of Mark Cuban, and literally just lived and breathed Maverick basketball. So I am now going to take every single player on the Dallas Maverick roster, Hank, and you're going to tell me their what? dirty little secret of why we should hate them with every fiber in our being. For example, I'll start with this one. Luka Doncic, a lot of people don't know this, but in his Nikes, he has soft puppy pelts, freshly cut puppy pelts line the inside (laughs) of his sneakers, and he takes a different litter of puppies every single game and skins them in front of the puppy's mother. So that's just one reason why you should hate Luka Doncic. So we're just going to go through the entire roster. And again, Burbank Hank, thank you so much for doing such deep and dirty research so that you can tell us something to hate about each Dallas yeah. Maverick. Are, are you ready? Well, I have the next one. Yeah, I have the next one. It's Chris Stapp's Porzingis. And the yeah. thing to hate about him uh-huh. is that his name is the sound that I made in college when I, whenever I would vomit from binge drinking. <laughs> Chris Stapp's Porzingis! <laughs> I remember. And like that's something I'd have to, to hold your hair. Him. I'd have to hold your hair while you Christop Porzingis into if we were lucky a toilet. Oh, if we're lucky. <laughs> if we were lucky. Uh, yeah. Christop yeah. Porzingis also I, I, you may not know this but his nickname was Can of Pringles growing up in Slovenia. So that's <laughs> if you're a Lay's person you can't really back that. All right, so going through the roster. Oh, I didn't even know this guy was a Dallas Maverick, but former Clipper great J.J. Redick is a Maverick, as you know, because you've done so much research. Why should we hate him, Hank? Uh, He punched every Dallas Maverick player in the breadbasket during a rehearsal, (laughs) during a practice. Well, I'm an actor. During a practice. His first (laughs) summer play. And that's the reason to hate. That's the reason to hate Tyler Bay. Because he insisted they do a summer stock per- performance. <laughs> Tyler Bay is a Dallas Maverick. Yeah, Tyler Bay. He's a, he's a Dallas Maverick. Oh and he, sure. He insisted on doing a summer play that they all had to have rehearsals. He insisted for? on doing a summer stock performance. Uh, yeah. And JJ Redick got so mad at the first rehearsal for it, he punched every other player in the, in the cast, as it were, in the breadbasket. Okay. Wow. Right in the wow. breadbasket. Wow. This is good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you are certainly going to win an MTV Movie Award for Best Podcast Research. I think congratulations to you in advance. It's really good. Yeah, this is great stuff. It's really good. Why it's should really I? Jalen Brunson. <laughs> oh, Jalen Brunson. 
Now, the reason to hate him is that he's not Clipper, former Clipper great. Rick. Rick Roast Beef Brunson. Who he's for some stupid reason in the stands nicknamed Roast Beef. Because Rick And Brunson, then in the middle of games. Yeah. With Jerry Roast because Beef. Because it starts with him. We would scream Roast Beef. And when people would look at us weird, we'd get mad at him. And we'd be like, that's his nickname. That's Roast Beef's nickname. Rick Brunson. I called yeah. him Roast Beef because R.B., Arby's, we have the meat. So, like, Arby's home for roast beef. So, that's how I got to roast beef from Rick Brunson. But, yeah, you should absolutely hate Jalen Brunson for not being Rick Brunson. Not being his – who I believe is maybe his father. It's is his dad Rick his Brunson. Father. It's 100%. His father is roast beef, which is ironic because he came out of his mother's roast beef. Sorry, folks. It's a family Easy. show. <laughs> Easy. It's a family show with horseradish. Come on, roast like a sandwich. All right, why should I hate Tim Hardaway Jr.? Oh, started most of the California wildfires. (laughs) Most of them last year. We're started by Tim Hardaway Jr. Yes, yes, man. And it's like it's it's everyone in the team knows it. Everyone on the team knows it, but they don't talk about it. But then. But then, but you know the reason that you know the reason to hate Willie Colley Stein because he talks about it. Oh, sure. Because he's a snitch. <laughs> he's a snitch. <laughs> and he told me all about Tim Hardaway Jr. and his pyromania in the northern and southern parts of the California coast. Oh wow, this is great. Which is, stuff. by the way, all the parts. No, I don't yeah, know. I know. I don't know. I didn't. I did not know that Hardaway Jr. was a pyromaniac who started not all. But most of the California most. fires. Most. Oh, most. Oh, this most, next player. Just most. I, look, Hank, this guy's the most lovable guy maybe on planet Earth, let alone the NBA. And I just don't think there's no way you could have found out anything to hate about former Clipper great Boban Marjanovic. That's true. I love him so much. I literally cannot think of a thing to hate about him. He's the best. He's great. I miss him. I love him. And I won't say a word again. him. <laughs> You're, you nailed it. I won't. I won't say anything bad about him. I mean, I, and I tried. I looked it up, and everyone I talked, I went around in all my secret sources, doing my private dick work. You're what now? <laughs> private dick work. I'm a private dick. I'm a private dick. I know it's your defining characteristic. I'm your a private dick. I'm a private dick. No one's interested I'm actually in public. Privates, Mister. Are, is anyone? Are any of the listeners tired of me saying private dick yet? Uh, hey, all of them? To, that's Excellent. the sound of the horn. It's private dick cast, everybody. Woo! Come on, everybody. Come on. Uh, now, oh but gosh, I will say that I, that I found a reason to <laughs> I found a reason to hate Maxi Kleber. Yes, please tell me why should yeah. one hate Maxi Kleber? Because because he constantly uses his own name as a euphemism for female sanitary products. <laughs> And it's really off-putting. Yeah. It's very off-putting. Maxie's always like- locker room. Yeah. You want to go back to my pad, pad after the game? Hey, yeah, hey it's guys, like, it's come me, on, Maxie. Dude. Enough. <laughs> Enough. Enough already with the sanitary product puns. It's you too weirdo. much. I know. Call it your crib. Yeah. Call it your flat. Call it your home. But stop calling it your pad. Yeah. We get it, Maxie Clever. Hey, why don't you take one of those sanitary napkins and clean up your act? Oh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to put it like that, why doesn't he? He needs to. Why oh won't he? Why I don't now, know. Listen, now, listen, I do have another reason. I know, not at all. I got another reason to hate Luka Doncic. Oh, great. I doubled I, up on Doncic. Please tell me regularly, why. Regularly smokes the last hit in a pipe or bong <laughs> and then gives it to the next guy. It was still, and he goes, and you, his, his quote his quote in his college yearbook was, it, it was still smoking when I hit it. He's a jerk. Okay, he's, he's a definitely jerk. A jerk. He, he passed a cash bowl to his buddy all the time. He's he gross. reminds me of all the worst parts of Chris Pratt. I just can't even look at Luka Doncic. Ugh, I hate him. No. Yeah. I do I like, like Skip Bayless's take <laughs> that Luka Doncic is closer to Big Bird than Larry Bird. I loved that take. Oh, that's funny. That's a Skip Bayless take? Yeah, he said that Luka Doncic is closer to Big Bird than Larry Bird. Because they really were just wow. painting Luka Doncic to be the next Larry Bird. And and maybe he will be one day. But, man, you know, Kyrie Irving just got into this crazy uh, 40, 50, 90 club that only five players ever, are, you know, in a season got to 40% for three, 50% field goal, 90% free throw percentage. 
Um, yeah. And the and the guys were Kevin Durant, maybe in his MVP season. I, I don't know. Don't quote me. Um, God, I can't remember the second guy. Kyrie Irving. You know, the second guy was uh, maybe Steph Curry. There you go. Steph Curry, maybe in his MVP year as well. So it's Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving this past season, and then two Larry Birds. Back-to-back Larry Birds, 40, 50, 90. And Luka Doncic just Whoa. ain't. He just ain't that. That guy's got rings galore. I mean, come on, guys. Larry King's royalty. Well, it's very early. It, but, it's very, but it is very early in his Excuse career, me, Larry Bird is royalty. I just called him Larry King because Larry Bird is kind of one of the kings of the NBA. So anyway, I don't know. What do I know? I don't know. I don't know what you know. Maybe nothing. Two Maybe nothing. things to but I will hate tell you about Luka Doncic. Two, we got, two we got a for Luka Doncic. Yeah, hate him. Hate him. Two. Two, two, two. And the rest. Now, I'm going to now lump the rest of the players all together. Yes. And tell you that the thing to hate about the, the thing to hate about the rest of them. Yes. Is that they they <laughs> slapped a kid. <laughs> so they all slapped a single kid. A yeah. single kid. They all got together and they slapped a kid. <laughs> They all got together and slapped a kid. Hey, I'm just court. telling you what I heard, man. I'm court. just telling you what I learned. I'm just telling you what I learned. I did my research, and they slapped a kid. And I mean, if you think about it, everybody got punched in the breadbasket by J.J. Redick, and also half the team slapped a kid. Well, I thought you said the, so, all, I mean, you tell all me, the that's team. A, that's, the whole team slapped a kid, not half the team. Man, it's just it is just an, a violent environment. You know, it's a culture of violence. Well, I mean, all team. kidding aside, that that it is kind like that that team is a cesspool of wonkiness. That remember all those stories leaked about what a terrible environment the the management of Dallas Mavericks are. We all thought, oh, Mark Cuban's the greatest owner in all of sports, and we were all dead wrong. And it was a real hornet's nest in there. And I'm hoping that karma bites them on their butts next week and we sweep Dallas Mavericks. I, I like us in four or five. Well, we'll see, Hank. We'll see. That was a great bit. I like way. that as well. Hey, now, I want to I throw a question out to you, and this is not a game. Uh-huh. It's really just a question. Yeah. Right? So let me ask you this. Okay. You, what, is your, what is your stat? How many players need to be in double digits when the Clippers win? Six. Six. Yeah. Right? So you, you tell me. Who are the five is easy, right? Because it's Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris Sr., yep, Paul George, Paul George yep. Nick Batum, Re- Reggie Jackson, Somebody. usually. Is that our f- right? So, who, who in this next series is going to be the person who steps up the biggest? Now, we haven't had Serge Ibaka in, so probably Serge Ibaka would be our next easy sure. double digit guy. Sure. So, if it's Kawhi, Marcus Morris, Paul George, Nick Batum, and Serge Ibaka going double digits. Who's that other guy, do you think, in the Mavs who comes up the biggest, the most, in his point totals? Right. And I'm putting you on the spot. No, yeah, versus the Mavs. I I think it's actually going to probably be a different guy every night because, you know, Rondo can give you double digits on one night, and the next night Reggie Jackson with his victory goggles can come in and give you double digits the next night. And then, of course, Zubat. Zoo can get close, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Can go crazy. I read some stats, so I think it's going to be a different. I think, I think the 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 three main scores when all is said and done, it's going to be Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Marcus Morris Senior. And that goes like th- those guys are going to be the three most influential scores in this Clipper playoff run, and certainly in this first series. So those are the three guys. So yes, it could be Serge and Batum, but I, I really think it's going to be. Those three cornerstones and then three floaters, and it could be any guy on any given night. And then, of course, the 420 club could happen. You get four guys scoring 20 points or higher. That could always – that is always a threat. Um, I, I just can't wait. I, I think that we're going to see something special right out of the gate. I, I don't think it's going to be a close drag-out series. That last series that we played versus them – that was six long games, even though our four wins were relatively decisive wins. But the two losses, one was in overtime. One, they just beat us handily. So I, I, it was six is too much. I, I, please. And, and look, last year I was on Clipcast saying we have to get out in less than seven. And that was our big Achilles heel, right? Every time we won a series, it took us seven. Every time with the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, every time. 
And so, okay, well, maybe that's Doc Rivers' problem. Maybe it wasn't Blake and Chris, or who knows, but it's in the rear view. So Doc, yes, Doc got us past Dallas in six, and then we all know what happened in round two last year, but he's gone. So I'm going to say that we need to get out in less than six, not seven, not six. We need to get out, maybe give them one win, maybe. But we really need to handle our business in this opening round to also silence all the tank haters out there. And, and look, you're never going to please everybody. But to silence the tank haters and go, see why we rested, guys? See? This is why. And I do believe that this franchise and this front office absolutely believes when healthy, this team can beat anyone. And I think that's what we saw in the final week of the season. Get these guys healthy. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think we match up on paper. We match up with the Mavs pretty nicely, right? We're we're only a couple of points off in our points per game average. We're one rebound off in the rebounds per game, two points off on points allowed. You know, we do match up nicely with them. But at the end of the day, I do think we're the better team. Is there anything that worries you? What's the thing that makes you nervous? Is it just the idea of an extended season? Well, I believe that 50-point loss was without Kawhi Leonard. I believe it was a Sunday afternoon. It was I sure as heck hope so. It was they look, they absolutely grilled us. They hit us with the barbecue and they torched us and it was horrible. We had to get out of that funk and I you know, a lot of people say, Oh, that Dallas series, because the next time we saw them it was kind of that baseball series where we played them like two games and three nights or something, and we split it. And I want to say that we were not fully strength for the loss, but we were really close, if not fully strengthed for the W. So I, you know, the thing that makes me nervous is I was there when they beat us by all the points and it was horrible. Yeah. So you, you lived it. You lived it. I was punched in the proverbial bread basket by JJ Reddick, who was not a member of the team back then. I don't believe, but it was horrible and I lived it, (laughs) but I also was there for the Atlanta turnaround. So I know what this team is capable of. And then I also saw him beat Phoenix when we were full strength. When we're full strength, we are the best team on paper by leaps and bounds. And that's not it's really not even up for debate. I mean, yes, Brooklyn Nets, okay. But I'm just talking about the West. So Yeah, I, and by the way, Kawhi Leonard did Kawhi Leonard did play in that game, but obviously we only we didn't even score ninety points. I mean Kawhi oh, no, that's a different I'm thinking of a different one. I'm we thinking of a different matchup. We haven't even talked about Kawhi Leonard playoff mode. The guy is a god in the postseason. He's not a man. Like, he literally goes into a different realm. And now he has one of the great postseason passers in Rajon Rondo, who's not interested in scoring at all. He is interested in getting the scorers the ball. This is such a different team than last season. This is such a different Clippers team. And people just sleep on us because 51 years of never making it. I get it. It adds up. But this is not the Buffalo Braves. This is not Vinny Del Negro's team. This is not Dunleavy's or Doc's team. This is Ty Lue, who has never, ever head coached and not been a conference champion. The guy's four for four. So right now is his fifth head coaching season. Maybe he's three for three. Regardless. He's never not led his team to the conference champs and gone to the NBA finals every year that he was a head coach. I believe he's three for three. So here he is well, I, once again. I and if he that. does it with these guys, forget it. I mean, if you can take the Clippers to the promised land, just get them to the finals. Literally wipe away all of Mount Rushmore, maybe leave Blake, maybe, and put Marcus Morris Sr., Kawhi Leonard, Paul George up there, or maybe take away Blake and put Ty Lue up there as well, because this team is ready and geared to do something that they've never done. And it all starts on Saturday, supposedly, although the schedule has not dropped yet. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. I think it really comes down to three point shooting for us. I think that's a big one. Speaking of that terrible Mavericks loss, I feel like we, you know what I'm looking at? I'm going to look it up while we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, we shot 12% from three that game. <laughs> <laughs> and we were the best team at three points. We were right. the best three-point shooting Ka- team. Yeah, and Kawhi Leonard did not play. It says DNP mouth. So that was around the time of his face mask. Oh, yes, yeah, Serge, right? the- Serge Ibaka elbowed him in the mouth. That's absolutely right. He missed yeah. a bunch of games. You're absolutely yeah. right, Hank. Yes. Yeah, 
and Batum yes. got four four points in the game, and Kinnar got seven, and so so yeah, that we just need to. I want us to hit threes. I want to see ball movement, but mostly I feel like Teron Lue tried a lot of different offenses this season and plays and scenarios, and I'm excited to see what he's got up his sleeve. Yes, I guarantee you, he's not planning on just walking out there and just let him play. No, he's not going to just go let him play. He's got a plan, and I can't wait to see what it is. And we got a nice long week to watch the competition, fight it out, you know, and and wear themselves out, hopefully. I, is there now is there a scenario where both the Warriors and the Lakers do not advance? Do not advance? How's no. That happen? That's amazing. I love uh, that nuts. hypothetical, but no, sadly. It'd be fun. <clears throat> now, before That'd I let be you fun. go, Hank, and this has been a great episode and and the again, your private dick work, some of the best some of the best best PDW private dick work I've seen or heard rather. It's exclusively an audio format. Maybe that's for the best. I yeah, want well, I'm, I'm gl- to I'm double like back. It. My private dick. Were you wanting me to say private dick again? Is that I why you got quiet? I double back many, many episodes ago. We did a hypothetical. And back then, the L word wasn't such the absolute dumpster fire train wreck that they are now. And I believe back then, we were the three seed and Denver was the four seed and the L word was the five seed. I believe. Ish. And I said, if the playoffs were tomorrow, and then we talked about the matchups, and you said, oh, the L word gets past Denver. And I said, I bet Denver beats the L word. And so we made yes. a bet about over a six-pack yes, of yes. beer. Okay? Uh. So here's the deal. I, I would like to just say this for the record, publicly. If and when the L word go 0-2 in the play-in and just get bumped out of the playoffs entirely, I buy you a nice bottle of scotch. That's not even a bet, by the way. I just buy you a nice bottle of scotch. Congratulations. Well, I don't hate the Lakers I'm just, like you hate. I don't, I, I don't hate them the way you hate them, but but you're so you're saying if they get iced out 0-2, yes. you're going to buy me a nice bottle of scotch? I'm literally saying that for all of Clippers Nation to hear, okay? And you coined well, that term, well, Clippers Nation. You. you coined it. Well, it is Clippers. They're not the Los Angeles Clipper, so no. it would be Clipper Nation. They're not the Los Angeles Clipper right. singular. It's not just the one ship. There's a fleet no. of Clippers. <laughs> Clearly, so, all right. the fans riding on their fancy boats filled with so, private dicks. In the in like ev- like everyone in sports just thinks that of course the L word are going to advance. I personally don't, and I certainly hope they don't. And again, if they go zero and two and they get bounced, nice bottle of scotch coming your way. Enjoy it. I'm gonna buy one for myself. Well, now, but here we go. I, well, I, I'll help you drink both of them. <laughs> I look forward to it, but at a certain point, I won't be able to see. <laughs> the L word well, should be exciting, buddy. The L word make it to the first round. Okay, so we don't even know. We don't even know. We don't even know who they play. Okay, so say they beat Golden State, then they play. uh, Excuse me, the Phoenix Suns, and say they lose to Golden State, but then beat the winner of Memphis San Antonio, then they play Utah Jazz. So I would like to put a little caveat, a caveat, if you will, Private Dick, on our six pack bet, and I you can you can either be game for it or, or you can't, but I'm here to say that. If the L word make it to the first round, they will lose in the first round. I'll put a six pack of beer on it. I thought we already had a six pack of beer on them losing in the first round. Well, yeah, but that was versus the Nuggets, who they can't possibly face. Oh well, I'm I'm happy to I'm I'm happy to transfer it. So no matter who I, I they play, I don't. I listen. I'm I with LeBron James not fully healthy. And I believe at the According time maybe we him. made that bet, we were we were thinking <laughs> Dallas Mavericks were hobbled, and I mean uh, the the Denver Nuggets were hobbled, and we're not going to be right, great. They, Is that yep, why? Because right, Jamal Murray. Why went I made down that claim? Yeah. Uh, but I'm not I'm not one to welch on a bet, and I like buying my friend booze, so I'll hang on to the idea that the that the L word make it to the second round. I'll stay. I'll hang with the other Los Angeles team. Yeah, I'll take that bet. Okay. They're so gonna, so the so the bet now is, but what if they don't make it? To the first round. I lose the bet. Well, you don't lose the bet because you get a nice bottle of scotch coming as a victory. It's just like, hey, hey, we did it. Isn't isn't life grand? But the bet is for the the bet is for the first round they play in the playoffs. And so yes, I will take that bet that they make it to round two. Yes, I will absolutely take that bet right, for a six it. pack of my favorite IPA versus your a six pack of your favorite 
I assume rolling rock beer sure, or, whatever, or something whatever, comparable. Whatever garbage water they sell that's closest to the cashier. <laughs> Fizzy We're going to see, but it's so water. exciting. I, I, I hope that Clippers Nation loves this play-in week. It is going to be very fun to watch from afar because we are not the gladiators and we are not the lions. We're just sitting up in the stands watching this all go down in the Coliseum. I'm sure it's a bummer for the people who are, you know, whose seasons are on the line, but we'll never know what that feels like. No. We're winners. It's great for the nine and ten seeds. They're loving it. it. They are loving it. Oh, they're loving it. Well, I would Clippers Nation, hey, get on there and give us good ratings on uh, the old Apple iTunes if you like us. Give us those five star ratings. Give us some reviews. Share it with your friends. We're Clippers homers and we love you and we love the Clippers and we love to talk about it. Don't you? Yeah, we sure do. And we are in the playoffs, which every day, every second, every minute of the NBA postseason that your Los Angeles Clippers are in is a gift. And don't you forget it. This is our third postseason in a row. But I guess that's nine out of the past 10 years. We are the team in the past decade that has actually gotten to the playoffs the most. So that's on you, Clipper Nation. That's great fandom. And if you were there before that decade of decadence and during the 17 of 18 years where we didn't make the playoffs, well, that is a long, hard-fought battle that we are winning, good guys. And this is our year. This is the Clippers year. It's your year, Clippers Nation. And yes, if you want to help the podcast, the only way to do that is to activate your thumbs, go to the however you listen to your podcast portal, and just tap around and give us those five, five stars that we so, so crave. It helps us in the search engines and such and such. I don't understand algorithms or where the world works, but I do understand Clippers basketball. And it begins Saturday or Sunday. We don't know. My guess, according to the great Brian Seaman, is we'll be up Saturday. Clippers, Mavericks, round one, part two. Here we go again. Oh, let's get some, man. Let's get some. We got the best fans. We got the best team. We got the best commentator. You get the best clip cast, the best podcast, the best Clippers podcast, the best NBA podcast. Toot, 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 toot. Sure. Arguably the best sounding of the horn ever. Well, let's find out. <laughs> oh, it's the worst one. It's that's the worst one. Turns out it's the worst Love it.
<laughs> okay, now let's put your private dick away and stop. 